from the banks of the Avon, welcome to Black Sheep Rebranded, the place where you never have to worry about fitting in or being accepted. All are welcome. The voice for that black sheep in all of us is Rick Sherwood. Here, he shares his views on today's issues. Everything. Nothing is off limits. His insights come not only from his years as a psychotherapist, but also his many life experiences. Do you have something that you want to hear his take on? Find us on Facebook, where Black Sheep Rebranded. Email Rebecca at rstherapygroup.com Rick at rstherapygroup.com Or visit our website at blacksheeprebranded.ca And now, here's Rick. I wonder what he'll talk about today. Welcome, folks. Welcome to... Well, that would be chopsticks. Anybody who's ever learned or tried to learn the piano, anybody who has children who have tried or adults who have tried, at some point, learn to play the piano. And you know what? Chopsticks and learning to play the piano is not a whole lot different than love. And so you know what? Yeah, today, this is what we're going to be talking about here today. We're going to be talking about love. What is love? I get asked this question all the time. And for a therapist who's been married several times, who's not always found the best like in, in this avenue of life, but you know what? I still get asked. I still help a lot of couples. This past uh, week, I had this beautiful, very religious uh, couple who I had highly encouraged both of them to investigate and think about divorce and think about all the things. And and I and she, they are doing very well. They're 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 coming together as a couple as I as I fully expected that they would. And yet, right off the bat, I I I, I encouraged both of them to truly look at the ending of their marriage and to truly investigate it and perhaps the right thing to do. And you know what? I hope maybe that you guys end up divorced. What that did is that made the conversation about love and about what was needed real. Yes, she was not happy. And she protested this week uh, when she said to me that she was not a very happy person, that I had encouraged those things. And I said to her, how's your marriage today? She said, it's quite good. I said, why do you think it's quite good? She said, well, certainly not because of that. And I said, actually, it is because of that. Because I challenged you to actually look at the worst thing that could possibly happen, which is ending your marriage, ending up alone, ending up without each other. And what would that mean? And so did it mean that each of you needed to change, alter, and modify the way that you guys were communicating and to actually bring together a better world? And the answer was clearly and absolutely yes. Hence, they have a better marriage. They have a better world. They have all kinds of better things going on for them. But yet it was this ironic thing where she truly, truly wanted to take me to task on this idea of me challenging this idea of being together and that I should have never done that. By going to a good therapist, a good therapist is going to ask you really challenging questions including, is this the right marriage for you? Is this the right job for you? Is this the right position for you? I I am always fascinated by people who go, well, you, you shouldn't challenge. Well, if you don't challenge, there's never going to be growth. And and that's quite frankly, you know, one of the, the, 
the realities of, of education. If you can skate by, if you can skate through, never show up, never actually grow true courage and cr true uh, tenacity to actually get through the education system, then you are going to end up being in a position where you can't face real challenges. And so when people come in and they want to talk about real things, including love, I make it simple. It, should this be the ending? Maybe this is the best. Perhaps being divorced would be fantastic for you guys. Let's, let's have a real conversation about it. Because that is the opposite of what is love. And so again, going back to the whole chopsticks thing, right? People sit there all the time and they learn these very simple chords. And when I talk to people about love, what people envision are things along the lines of, you know, these guitar riffs. Right? The second you hear that, you go, I know that song. I recognize that. I'm, I'm all over that. I'm, I'm right there. I've got this. I'm, I'm for sure all over that, right? But no, no, you're not. Come on, under pressure, David Bowie and Queen. The second you hear that riff, you go, I recognize that one too. That's got to be love. That's got to be what I'm looking for. No, it's not. It's not love either. So what is it? What is love? Is it another riff? Another thing that you hear the second you hear it, right? The Hollies, long, cool woman in a black dress. The second you hear that, you know the song. You're sitting there, you hear it, you want to start moving. Is, is that love? No. No, it's not love. It's not love at all. It's just another beautiful intro as the last couple were. So what is love? What, what is it? Perhaps it's this. Thunderstruck, ACDC. Again, you hear that. The people who love this music hear it and right away go, yes, yes, I know this. Oh my God, it's, this has got to be love. Yeah, this has got to be love. No, that's not love either, folks. Another beautiful song, another beautiful intro, another beautiful version of getting into something. It's called a song. But it is not the only song, nor is it the only version of love. And so what happens is we get caught up in these, in these crazy little ideas all within our own head, where what we do is we fall apart. And when we fall apart, what we end up with is, again, this version, this version of love, this version of our, of our identity, this version of knowing something. This, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Christmas Canon. Again, the second you hear this, it transcends and takes hold of your brain and takes you somewhere. You hear these notes right now. You hear these things that are coming at you. You see this. You feel this. And you go, oh, my goodness. This has to be canon in D major. 
this has to be a very old song that has been around for centuries, written by a German composer. And so you're hearing these notes and you're going, this is what this is. And then suddenly, as these notes continue to come at you, you're, you're introduced to something different. You're introduced to, again, from this intro, just like Sweet Child of Mine, Thunderstruck, just like any of these other things, you are introduced to this idea of what this music is going to be, what this music is going to bring you to. Trans-Siberian Orchestra takes this song and changed it. Yanni. Yanni put out an a, a album years ago called Voices, where people took his songs and put lyrics to them. Changed the song. This... This, this is the beauty, the beauty of creating. And so we listen to it and we go, well, that must be our version of love that we're looking for, right? Because what we're doing here is we're looking for something that we can recognize. We're, we're looking for a, for a theme, something to grab hold of. We're not actually sitting there and recognizing that, you know what? Our version, our song. You take any of these songs, you will find covers of them on the internet, other people doing them. You will find some people who do fantastic versions, and you will find versions that you don't like as good as the original. But again, the second you hear those first notes played, you go, I know this. And that is the problem with love. This... This is the actual version of canon in D major that was actually originally written, composed, and played a very long time ago. And then Trans-Siberian, a rock opera, took these notes, this idea, and they added words to it and it became Christmas canon instead of canon in D major. So what happened is somebody took this original idea and they transcended where and what love should be. And this is one of the dilemmas that we run into all the time now in love. We look for the beginning riff, right? Like that guitar riff at the beginning of all of those songs, those beginning notes. Well, the person's kind, I had this conversation a few days ago. The person is kind to me. And I said to her, I said, that's wonderful. But what is, the, what is the problem with that? And she said, well, it's not enough. And I said, well, but this is what you have told me about every single person you've dated over the last five years. They are kind to you. I remember you saying this, and I, and I you know, cited different people that, that she'd gone out with for very short periods of time or longer periods of time. And I said, every single one of these people, just like these guitar riffs, if you are a guitar person and you love the guitar, you are gravitating towards each one of those things that I just played. For me, I am so eclectic. I am all over the map on music that I love, things that I want to hear. 
what I'm doing and what I'm doing. When I'm writing, if I'm writing reports, working on a book, working on whatever I'm working on, I love instrumental music. And predominantly, I like either classical music or or Irish or Gaelic. I I love you know that that the bagpipes. I love the flute. I I love the violin. Um, sometimes I want to hear brass. But what I always want is no words when I'm trying to put the words to something. When I see other people, they're going to go about doing those same projects in different ways. And so I remember a sister-in-law of mine once, uh, she would just tune out most of the music, right? She just liked it loud. She liked it. She liked heavy rock. And she was like the thud, thud, thud. And and so she, that's what she did. She just listened to it, just thud, thud, thud. And so long as it was going thud, 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 she was good. How does this have anything to do with love? What it has to do with is that also often we fall into, and I am, I am victim of this. I am 100% victim of this. It is not what I just left, so therefore it must be love. They are nice to me, and it is not what I just left. Remember a lady I'd gone out with for, for a while? She could walk into a bare room, no cupboards, nothing. Leave her in there for a couple hours. Somehow she would pull food out of I don't know where. And she would come out with a gourmet meal. An unbelievable cook. But there were still things missing. And that's why the relationship ended. Funny. Very funny. You know, as they say today, they ticked a lot of boxes. But what were the boxes that needed to be ticked? What were the true things that needed to be there. I have had the, the privilege of meeting a lot of people throughout my lifetime. Uh, you know, prior to, let's go back to the camp, to the campground and go back to those days. You know, you got 193 campsites. You got a lot of people cycling through that, that, that property every year, every weekend, all the time. You have these people coming and going, you know, from the seventies on up through the eighties and into the nineties, you have all of these CP, these people coming and going from your life. And when you have all of these people coming and going from your life, me being who I am, who I was, I would, I would jump into conversation and I would say to these people, what is the magic? What is it? There's no one thing that anybody said to me other than they were a match for me. As I am a very unusual, very eclectic person, and a person who truly has a lot of different sides to them, one of the things that's hard is, is the older I've gotten, the more complex I've gotten. And so for somebody to have an a, a essence, and, and I'm going to say this, um, when I got married the first time, I really thought I knew what love was. I was 18 when I got engaged. What did I know about love? Nothing. But again, I was sure that I did. I'm not sure at 56 that I could truly define what love is to me. But what I can do is I can define what a partner is to me. And I think that this is one of these, these really interesting moments that you get to as a human being and also as a therapist. Because people 
are so in tune with looking for that guitar riff. Sweet child of mine, those first few notes. What they're looking for is something that they can predict. That they can go, yes, I know what it is. I know I need to move. I know this is what I need. But in reality, what we need is something very different. What we need is something that fits all types of days, all types of moods, all types of emotions, all types of being. There's a driver who I know who's going to be tuning into this in his Kenworth. And he's going to be rolling through Michigan or Illinois or Northern Ontario listening to this podcast. And when he listens to this, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking directly to him in this moment. The, the reason why he has such a beautiful marriage is because he is good with him and his wife is good with who she is. They know that they can each survive without the other. The two of them together do not want to be without the other, but they know that they can survive without the other. They know that they can actually truly survive, not just exist. But are they better together? Yes. Do they bring magic to the table? Yes. Are they a couple that I admire? Absolutely. And yet, He's gone all week, doing his thing, hauling his train through Northern Ontario, through Michigan, through Illinois, as I said, sometimes into Ohio, sometimes into Quebec. The fact is, it's about finding that person who compliments you, whether you're awake or asleep. That person who compliments you when you're in a great mood or when you're in a bad mood. That person who can can become in tune with you and you can become in tune with them to compliment and assist each other getting through a better day. Love is not going back to those guitar riffs and going, I recognize that. Love is more like canon in D major. Right? Where you listen to it, and there's a rhythm, and there's a pattern, and there's a piano, and there's a violin. Right? There's an accompaniment between the two of them where they are reacting to each other. Those guitars are solos. Just think about this. Those guitars, the beginning of each one of those other songs, the people go, yes, those are solos. That's not a complimentary piece. That is a piece of somebody going, I'm doing this without you. I don't need you. And yet it's so wonderful that, again, those pieces are there because, man, I love every one of those songs. That's why they're on here. But I also love the complimentary music. And I never put it together until I was much older, after a lot of failed relationships, that it's about having to actually truly want to be there to listen, to be part of. Because this is truly the importance of being in a relationship. The importance. This That is a solo person 
playing an amazing riff that's incredible. You hear that and it draws you in. And all too often I see in relationships where there is no complimentary playing, where there's no complimentary listening to and feeding off each other, it is a solo person. And that solo person is trying to make the other person responsible for being a star. Axl Rose, the singer for Guns N' Roses, right? There he is. The band was called Guns N' Roses. Axl Rose was the singer. Axl Rose was not the band. So when you're looking around at your life, right, look for that, that instrument that matches yours, right? So for me, like I said, the violin, the piano, and Pashbel, canon, D major, right? That is beautiful. That is absolutely the beautiful symmetry of what a good relationship has shown to me to be, and I wish for each and every one of you. Don't worry about whether you're playing a flute, whether you're playing a trombone, whether you're playing a... a, a, a a tuba. Do not worry about the instrument that you're playing. Don't even worry if you're playing completely out of tune. Just look for somebody who appreciates what you're putting out and wants to compliment you as you want to compliment them. You do that, you're going to find incredible love and you're going to find an incredible story for you to put, to put in the history books. Have yourselves an absolutely wonderful, wonderful day. And for everyone here at Black Sheep Rebranded, my God, thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, thank you very much again for your feedback. We love to hear it. Chat soon, folks. Thanks again for everybody here at Black Sheep Rebranded, from everybody that uh, makes this show a success, and most importantly, thanking you, our listeners, our, our listeners from around the world. We cannot thank you enough. And so please, again, for those who are struggling with mental health, please reach out and, and talk to somebody. Hopefully these podcasts have given you some hope and some, some ways to approach life a little bit differently. For the people who are simply enjoying the show, we appreciate those people as well. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on uh, Instagram, follow us on social media, follow us on uh, wherever you can find us. And, and yes, I say Instagram, we aren't there quite yet, but we are getting there. And again, please like us, follow us, and uh, give us your feedback. We really, we can't do this show without you, and we can't thank you enough for it. And also, just keep in mind, the show is proprietary, so all the ideas uh, generated in this show and, and the concepts that are, are out there are ours. And uh, so please, respect them, respect yourselves, respect the planet, and uh, respect each other. Have yourselves a wonderful day, and again, thank you very much for tuning in to Black Sheep, and uh, we look forward to chatting again real soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.